Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. One of the things that I've noticed about countries where you want to see mission work done is there's a connection. And sometimes that connection is through an individual. And in the case of the country that we're talking about today in our interview, Romania, uh, it was because of a man that uh, our church, my family, our family met called Joseph Son, and it gave us a desire and a heart to see what God would do in Romania. So it was a joy for me to get to interview uh, a young girl, a teenager who grew up part of the time in Romania and wants to go back. Nathan, I find that intriguing. A 17-year-old girl ready to go to the mission field. Yeah, you know, um, we hear about um, preacher's kids, you know, uh, and I'm one of those, you know, a PK. Uh, But there's also uh, MKs, missionary kids, and uh, they have a, just like pastor's kids, preacher's kids have unique experiences growing up. Missionary kids, for sure, have unique experiences. Um, You could even call them... uh, uh, TCKs, third culture kids who grow up in maybe, you know, living in different homes in different countries, learning different languages and definitely be a part of different cultures. Um, you know, third culture uh, kids have a very, very unique and many times challenging uh, call on their lives. Uh, but it's really amazing to see how many of them want to return or, or uh, you know, continue in the mission field. Um, it's, it's really encouraging to me. It does. And God has used young people. We know about David, uh, but he was just one. There are several in the Bible of, of young, young teenagers uh, God uses. It's amazing, isn't it, when you start listing to them? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could just, you know, if you just want to narrow it down to the New Testament, you start with, uh, you know, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, was a teenager uh, when Jesus was born. And, and that's just amazing to think about. Um, and most of the disciples, a lot of the, the disciples were probably uh, in their teens or, you know, just just right after that, uh, young, young men, young adults. Um, and knowing how God has, um, you know, used, even in the Bible, used so many young people to, to do his work. Uh, I'm thinking about 1 Timothy 4.12. As Paul is writing to to a young man, Timothy, he says, Let no one despise your youth. Instead, you should be an example to the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And he also tells Timothy, you know, do the work of an evangelist. So um, there's work, even for young people, for teenagers who follow Jesus, there's work for them to do. And it's really exciting to see them doing that work um, in, in foreign fields and in uh, whatever harvest field God has placed them. Um, you know, young people on mission. And a lot of times God will use young people on the mission field to reach other young people. You know, we hear, we talk a lot here about the 1040 window 
And there's another window we don't talk as much about, but it's the 414 window. The 414 window is young people ages 4 to 14 uh, are more likely to come to follow Jesus when they hear the gospel. So no matter our age, you know, we're on mission for God and God can use each one of us. And he can use you as an older adult, middle adult, or a young person. Listen to this interview. I pray it will bless your heart. It will challenge you and get you ready to do what God wants you to do. We have guests today, plural. I'm always excited when we have two people like the microphones and we're able to talk to them. And one of them's been on two or three or four times before. Kendra White Knox. Now, now it's Courtney. You use both ever so yes. often, so I thought I'd use both of them to introduce <laughs> you, Kendra. But Kendra works at American Family Studios, and she has so many accomplishments. But one of the things she is, she is a friend, and she is mission-minded, and I love that about her. Kendra, welcome. Good morning. It's great to be with you today. It is always good to have you on, and I want to share with you that uh, you've been a blessing to so many people. Mm-hmm. And it's just that bright and shining voice you have. And uh, we appreciate that about you. Well, I think it's very much likewise. I appreciate you having this show and the opportunity to share with people um, to have a mission-minded life. That you don't have to be a missionary on the field to be able to invest and care. And I I love that you inspire people to do that every day. Amen. That's, That's what we're here for. You know? If if God was only in interested in saving us, he, we would have been saved and then go to heaven immediately. Yeah, just teleport right up, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> but he's left us here to serve, to share with him, and he's left us to be a part of the greatest business in all the world, and Amen. that's the kingdom business Amen. of Jesus Christ. Hey, we got a guest today, and uh, I wanted you to introduce her because uh, you introduced her to me. Now, yes. introduce her to our audience today. Yes. So, a few years ago, I had the opportunity opportunity to go on a mission trip to Romania. My mom and I went, and there's this amazing family, the Van Horn family, um, that were missionaries there, and we got to come stay with them. And that is, um, I knew Hannah before they were even missionaries, but I think she was itty, itty, bitty. (laughs) So I really got to know her a few years ago, and she is with me today in studio. So Hannah, welcome. Ciao. I asked her to do that. (laughs) What did she do? Yeah, what did you say? What did you say? Hi, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> okay, Romania. Yeah. I, I just got to let you know, one of my top five heroes in all the world is from Romania. Really? Yes. Joseph Son. I don't oh, know if wow. you've ever heard. Joseph was there when it was ruled by communism. Yes. Uh-huh. And he pastored in Aradia. Uh, really? Yes, he did at the church there. And uh, the secret police would mm. arrest him and they would beat him and interrogate him. And then he'd go back and preach Jesus. Wow. And finally, they were tired of it and they didn't want to kill him or they did not want to imprison him. So they exiled him to America. Wow. And he came to America and he got on the radio and he started preaching to all of Romania rather than just his congregation. Wow. Wow. God opened that door up and we were able to have him in the church where I pastored and he taught on martyrdom. Wow. And it was one of the greatest treats of mine and Jan's life. We would just sit 
at and listen. He he had a lot softer voice than I do, Kendra. You know, <laughs> and so it's so funny when he started out. Everybody was kind of seated all over the sanctuary, mm-hmm. but by the second night, everybody had come to the front, and the yeah. back two or three pews were open because yeah. they didn't want to miss a word this man was saying. And so I love Romania, uh, mm-hmm. and Joseph's son is one of the reasons. And if the, anybody's out there listening and they've ever heard or met Joseph's son, it is a memorable occasion. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to talk about the Van Horns. <laughs> yes. I really am. Tell us about your family. Okay. So I have seven siblings and I have grown up all over the United States. Um, my parents started feeling like the Lord was calling them to missions um, about six years ago. One thing led to another. And before we knew it, we ended up in Romania mm-hmm. serving at an orphanage and um also working with the widows and gypsies and outcasts over there, just trying to share the love of Jesus with the people over there. And you were how old when that started? 10 years old. Okay. Where are you among the seven? Are you? The... I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. <laughs> You'll always be a baby. I'm the I'm the youngest of nine. Really? Yeah. My mom and dad have gone on to be the Lord, but with the sisters and brother that is living... Here's our baby brother. <laughs> Break away from him. I'm a baby too. Uh, I'll yeah, you yeah. It, it's 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 just it stays with you when you're the it baby does. of that many children. It yeah. really does. Well, Hannah, my siblings won't let me forget it either. Right. <laughs> I, I wanted Hannah to share specifically about being so young on the mission field because I remember when we were there, your mom shared with me that dealing with a lot of um, missions work with the orphans, um, they were your only really chance to make friends your age and that a lot of them struggled with jealousy because you got to go home with these amazing parents and had the people that came and brought cookies and all these things. And that, that made it very difficult for you to find friends. And I know loneliness is a factor that a lot of missionary kids struggle with. So Hannah, how did you overcome that? And how did you um, walk through those lonely times in Romania? Well, it definitely was difficult you know, trying to deal with that kind of thing as a kid, trying to grow and cope. Um, I think it was also a healthy thing, though, because when you're placed in those kinds of circumstances, you're forced to learn, mm-hmm. you're forced to grow and realize that the world doesn't revolve around you. You know, like those kids over there needed a friend, too. Mm. And so Yeah, it may have been, it was difficult for me, but just think of how much more difficult it was for them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what helped me through that time was my parents' support, Mm -hmm. my siblings, and also family back home. You know, even just getting cards from family members or friends from the U.S. was always super encouraging or receiving packages or phone calls or prayers, you know, everything makes a difference. So any tips for somebody, if they know someone who has a missionary kid and they want to encourage them, like what's something that they can do? Those, those type things? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think sending cards, like Mm -hmm. that may sound really simple, but I'm telling you that means a lot. (laughs) 
I remember our first package that we received was a box with chocolate chips oh, nice. and a Christmas ornament. And chocolate <laughs> chips are kind of hard to find in Europe. So that meant a lot to us. Like it was just chocolate <laughs> chips. We were all rejoicing when we opened the package. We were like, oh, chocolate chips. Oh my goodness. How did they know? That sounds like Operation Christmas Child. <laughs> right, exactly. the yeah, it was really yeah. special. Well, awesome. If my math is right, let me see, 10 years old when you mm-hmm. went there and you said y'all were there six years. 16, 17? 17, yeah. Seven, well, my math, close, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, how long have you been back in the States? Since About you, a year. Did the, right before COVID. You, you got here before COVID. Yes, and you, right before. And no, have anybody got to go back yet? Yes, we actually went back last year in the summer. We were planning on going in the spring, but of course, COVID stopped that. Um, I know a lot of missionaries have had to, even our missionary friends have had to change their plans, and we were blessed to even be able to go. It was definitely right. a step of faith. A lot of people were saying, don't go, don't even try. Like, how do you know they're even going to let you in? We were just like, we don't know, but mm. we believe God wants us to go back, so we're going. Like, <laughs> And God just opened the doors, and it was really a miracle that we even got to go back. And planning to go again in just a couple weeks, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, when you go, it's you and your parents going back, or is any yes, other sir. siblings going back? Or just they stay? me, just, just baby. you. Okay, <laughs> you're half Romanian. I, I take it the way you can speak it. Yeah, it, it, usually it's easier for children to pick mm-hmm. up on yeah. the language than the adults. It definitely is. My parents have had a really hard time learning Romanian. My mom has worked harder than any of us to learn the language, but it's just been a lot more difficult for It was her. so beautiful to see Hannah when I was there because th- we would go visit these widows that live in just extreme poverty and bring them some food and, and Hannah would just sit next to them on their little cot and hold their hand and we can't say anything but smile at them <laughs> and she would just like, I think the Lord really gave you the language too. Like He gave for you sure. an, an ability and I was just like, that is incredible. <laughs> it, I'm amazed because I have trouble with English. And I, I mean, oh, know, I do too. Yeah, listen, I, I, I do. Here's here's two or three things I want to talk about. I got to visit Poland a few years ago, and they were excited about freedom. Mm, their, yeah. their, their freedom, government, religious freedom. Now, I know you were young. Could you sense that, or do you sense that when you were there? And the reason I say is because religious freedom is becoming a big issue all over the world, mm-hmm. You know, even in the United States now. Did you have a sense of that? You may not have recognized it. I, you know, I was looking for it, so if you didn't look for it. But I, I got a feeling they were excited about freedom that they have compared to the Soviet Union. Yeah, I definitely noticed that a lot of them had an openness Mm. to hearing about the gospel and they were just so curious to hear what some random American had to come say to them. And that made it even easier to, to reach out to them because almost everyone I ever talked to was willing to listen and willing to hear what I had to say, willing to learn about God. So that in itself, I think is pretty awesome. <laughs> Speaking of the language barrier, Hannah and her family introduced me to Soren. Am I saying pronouncing his name correct? Yes. Soren, <laughs> um, a, ma- a young man that God called right during that transition. Um, God called him to be a missionary to his own people. Yeah. And um, it was at a time that a lot of people needed training, right? And because sure. they they had a heart for God, but they didn't know how to be pastors, didn't know how to teach. And do you remember his story of how the Lord gave him the language? So I believe there was a 
minister from the U.S. who came to Romania on a missions trip and he needed a translator and there was no one to translate. And he literally walked up to Sorin, a Romanian, who was also, I believe, an atheist at the time and was <laughs> like, hey, you're going to be my translator. He did not speak a lick of English. And <laughs> I would say that's the gift of tongues for sure, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, honestly, honestly, that is more what the book of Acts has. Right. Now, I don't know about the church at Corinth. Sounds right. like theirs was you know, an utterance, an ecstatic mm-hmm. utterance. But in the book of Acts, it was languages. Yeah, for and sure. I've heard of that as well. And at first, he could only speak English when he was translating. Mm-hmm. Like literally, four it sermons. was just four <laughs> sermons. And then after that, he couldn't say anything in English. Yeah. Eventually, God gifted him with the English language completely. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting hearing his story and God can do anything. Well, what ha- happens, and, and this is just sharing concerning what we've learned about missions, on frontier mission areas where the gospel is being introduced, where the gospel is being reintroduced like mm-hmm. it would have been in Romania at this time, there seems to be more and more of of miraculous things happening, even yes. more in healing and in language. Not, not that it doesn't take place here, mm-hmm. but on the frontier mission area where they're tearing down barriers. Yeah, yeah. especially even now with COVID, with the needs being yes. so desperate. Yes. Hannah, can you share Soreen's story of this last time when you went back to Romania, how God has provided for the people? And tell them a little bit about the, the gypsies that you've that you've served um, and, and their, why their needs were so great during COVID. Yeah, so it definitely impacted them along with everyone else in the world. Like being in those remote villages, it was detrimental to some of them to not have be able to go to school where their kids would actually get meals by going to school. And so Sorin has been able to um, minister to them through that. He was actually, there was some milk, a truckload of milk donated to him out of the blue that was supposed <laughs> to be for the school. And since there was no school, he was like, hey, I'll, I'll take it, you know, and he went and distributed it to the uh, children that that kind of thing just kept happening over truckloads and after truckload truck after truckload kept getting donated. It's like, God knows nothing is too hard for God to take care of. He actually himself um, had COVID and mm. it was really bad. He was in the hospital, but there was no room in ICU at all. Mm. And in, in any hospitals nearby, he was dying. He did not have enough oxygen and there was no room for him. Eventually, after reaching out to a lot of different people, they did find room for him and um, he improved. But that was definitely a scary time for him and his family. Well, when you look at that and you see what God's doing all over the world, uh, it is, it's in a way, it's just typical God. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's miraculous to us, but yes. it's God doing what God does and exactly. all the time. Well, when you look at going back to Romania and you think about what, you know, you're going to face is an excitement in your mom and your dad as well. For sure. We're excited about going back. Honestly, I'm not afraid about any of it. I'm just ready to go share the love of Jesus with those people again. You know, I'm not afraid. (laughs) Well, when you talk about being raised all over the United States, at what age did your mom and dad decide that they would go to Romania? And you don't have to tell their age, (laughs) just the decade maybe. 
so 50s. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, in their 50s, yeah. Well, there, there's a new kind of a new model, mm-hmm. and we've introduced two or three of those people here on, on Exploring Missions that they have developed enough retirement mm-hmm. in America. Yes. And they could start drawing their retirement, and at age 50, late 50s sometimes, even early 60s, yeah. they've chosen to go because they still have 10 to 12 years of health unless something drastic happens. And they can go, and they do not have the overhead. They don't have all the restraint, you know. Most of the ones that I've talked to, they say, okay, it's mostly grandchildren at that time. They Okay, but they're Skype now, and I know those are over there, and they, they talk to their children all the time. With you being 10 when you went, and your mom and dad that age, uh, was did did y'all had to de- develop support? I know, yeah. But but having that maturity in their lives sounded like, especially working with the orphanage, it gave them a you know a little bit of advantage of knowing how it was to deal with children. Did Definitely. you notice that? My parents have always had a heart for children. My mom used to teach children's church through the years, and you know given that she has eight children, she really has always loved children and had a special place in her heart for them. So God knew all along that we would end up in Romania and serve at that orphanage. And I'm sure that he used all kinds of circumstances from raising children to help her in encouraging the children They certainly had experience raising children. Seven seven gave her that experience. Well, I want to talk gypsies, right? Mm -hmm. A large... Population of gypsies in Romania is Transylvania. In is that yeah, what yeah, I, it is. That's what I was thinking. I, was trying, <laughs> I, I love geography and history, and so when I you started talking, I remember that I hadn't thought about it before the interview had started. But uh, so, tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. their culture. Yeah, actually, a lot of the gypsies are pretty much outcasts in Romania. They're kind of stuck in a cycle because no one trusts them, mm-hmm. and so if they do eventually get a job somewhere they're very the Romanians are very leery of them and so because it's hard for them to get jobs they wind up stealing and Mm. doing other dishonest things and so they're kind of just like stuck in that cycle it's really hard for them to get out and you know work an honest job because Mm. no one trusts them so it's really hard for them to get out of that cycle well when when your family started ministering to them did you have to go where they were, or did they kind of was in your area, or was it a? I mean, with with individuals that are in a people group, a lot of times they're cultic, they're you know very closed off. Were they receptive to you guys when you are made t- kind of a, toward them of love and care? I think they were more receptive because we also came with some of their physical needs like food and clothing and so they wanted to receive those things and after we would give them you know food and clothing they would be more receptive and listen to what we had to say but yeah they definitely were they would have their own section in the village like there would be gypsy villages and Mm -hmm. the romanian villages like definitely kind of cut off yeah very separate yeah it makes me think of an old song now kendra this is even what's bad it was new when i was your age uh, (laughs) hannah but how do you tell a hungry man about the bread of life Mm -hmm. how do you tell a thirsty person about the living water of god's word 
And so having that ministry of sharing food and drink and clothes and medicine is good. It yeah. opens doors. Now, if you just do that without the the gospel in it, it's humanitarian, mm-hmm. which is good. But when you associate that with purpose, yeah, exactly, you know, and and that's that's the exciting part. I want to talk a little bit about your future. Now, I don't want you to go into all the details. Uh, school, how how did that work? Were you homeschooled? I was. Yeah. Okay, still and homeschooled. What, one more year, right? One Is more it, year. It, yeah. So you'll be in your last year, and, and it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So going forward, I definitely want to do mission work in my future. And I don't know where, when, how, but I know that God does. And it's easy to worry about the future and think, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Like, there's so many options out there. How am I going to know what God wants me to do? But I know that just like he showed my parents in the right time, he will show me too. Guess what? What? One step at a time. That's exactly right. <laughs> don't, don't overstep it, you know. Just And sometimes they're baby steps, you know, exactly, a little bit, yeah. Lord. And I can't help but think about Paul's second missionary journey, okay? Here he was. He had told Barnabas, we're going to go back and revisit, and there was confusion, so he took Silas with him. And they were revisiting all the churches that they had visited before on the first missionary journey. And and then he got to a place, and he wanted to go further north, and it says the Spirit hindered him. Mm, yeah. And then he tried again. He was kind of hard-nosed, he, and then the <laughs> Spirit would not release him. And that night, he got what is called the Macedonian call, a vision of a man say, come over here. You know where that was from? From Asia into Europe. Wow. And when he came to Europe, it set everything ablaze. Mm. I mean, that's, that's ooh, I mean, Western whole Western civilization was changed when Paul responded to that vision. I say that to encourage you and those who are listening. God can direct your paths. And usually he directs them while we're serving him. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to steer a parked car. Yeah. You know, and so you going on and and doing what you're doing and and those who are listening, we're saying the same thing, Mm -hmm. especially those that are high school and college age. Did you guys know that a lot of the missionaries that we have that are serving came out of what is called summer missions? Wow. In other words, while they, yeah, yes, while Mm -hmm. they were in college, uh, they would be the different mission groups from the different denominations Mm -hmm. that for that summer they have, you know, six to eight weeks Mm -hmm. where they can go and serve and do similar to what you did in Romania, Kendra, and they get their hearts just ready to serve. And they say, here am I, Lord, send me. I want to ask you that, Hannah. Sounds like you said, here I am, Lord, send (laughs) me. She said, I'll go, I'll go. You'll go, you'll go. Well, I I want to pray for you today. You've been a blessing. Kendra, thank you for telling us about Hannah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To see someone 17 years old, this mature, excited about Jesus Christ, it, we, we want to pray for you. So those who are listening, stop what you're doing. Write Hannah Van Horn down, mm. and let's pray for her. Father, I mm. thank you for Hannah. What a joy it is to just speak with her and hear her heart for you. Mm-hmm. And then, Father, you break her heart for other 
people. And when that happens, Father, you mesh those together and you call us to minister. And I mm-hmm. think you've done that. I pray for her mom and dad that you would just bless them as they plan on going back to Romania. I pray for her family that will be here in America as those three go back. Father, we thank you for mm-hmm. the opportunities and we pray for Romania. Mm-hmm. God, we I, I've never been there, but I love that country. And I pray for the gypsies there, that they would be reached with the gospel for the orphanage there that they've worked with, that those children would see the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Father, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hannah, thank you for being Hannah, with us. Is, so there, is there a website that, yeah. you, that they can learn more about your family for and your sure. travels? Asuntojesus.com. Say there's, that again. Asuntojesus.com. And there's lots of photos on there and more information. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for getting that in, Kendra. Thank you guys for being with us. And I want to say to you who, yes, me. I want to say to those who are listening, be on mission for God. Be alert and be ready to go where God wants you to go. 